Okay, Daisy, I'm gonna feed you. But first, spoiler koala. Darth Vader is Luke's dad. No, duh. Mr. Collins marries Lizzie. That never happened. Uncle Ben dies. That's a spoiler. Spoiler. Koala! Welcome, Internet, to another wonderful episode of Spoiler Koala. Diana, how you doing today? I'm doing well, but I really think we need to explain that intro. Maybe. I, From the past few days, you, uh, you have been enjoying a new thing. Yes. So um, during my childhood, the GameCube was like the big gaming system. And if you know anything about me, I'm not a big video game person, but the one game that somehow has entered my heart and has not left is Harvest Moon. Harvest Moon. So uh, me and Sean were having a conversation about this randomly. And I told him about my love for Harvest Moon. And I specifically mentioned that the cows are my favorite. Um, I, <laughs> I like to milk them. I like to give them love. I just like to have cows. <laughs> not and specifically not real cows. Harvest moon cows. Harvest moon cows that give you the little heart emoticon when you go ahead and nuzzle them. Yes. And they also get angry at you, which is so I like the, you know, it's not like they just love you. You have to earn their love. Yeah, it's not unconditional love. No, it's it's conditional and you can feel good about the fact that you've you've earned their love. <laughs> So Sean was so wonderful and he surprised me uh, by getting Harvest Moon because, of course, you know, when uh, I was younger and my sister also enjoyed the game, we eventually got rid of the GameCube and the game, figuring that time of life was kind of over. And then surprise, it's back again. (laughs) Yeah, nothing makes you feel more like a child than, you know. Having a boyfriend who's more than having to get you childish things. <laughs> well, I was very delighted because I didn't remember that it was coming. Um, so then when Sean showed up at my house, uh, he handed me a random box and I was like, what's this? And he's like, oh, great. You don't remember. Let's do an unboxing. <laughs> and I was super excited when I pulled out Harvest Moon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, when, you know, when it comes to those types of games, it's like I've played Animal Crossing and we played a little bit of Animal Crossing together, but I've never touched Harvest Moon. Um, So it's interesting to uh, be playing a a farm simulator. (laughs) And the thing, too, is that there's a lot of things that you need to like tasks you need to do and a lot of things you have to take into consideration, like your character has to eat. Yeah. And you have like you can't just like keep going and not eat anything because the character will start to get tired, will start to get dizzy. I don't really know what happens if you don't feed the character. I don't think he dies because there's no like health bar or anything. Yeah. But, but he does get like something. Yeah. He does seem to get worse and worse at like working for long periods. Yeah. Um, and you have to like you have to grow crops. And it's not like you just plant the crops and they grow. It's like there are specific seasons where they grow. You know, the, your plants can die on you. You have to make sure the ground is fertile. Yeah, there you have plots of land, but you have to use like the right plots of land. Yeah. I mean, it's like there's there's a lot of detailed things. But I think the thing that I was the most excited about, and Sean just continues to laugh at me, is... Um, in the game you have to get married to like and they they only give you three options like they have a male version of this game and then they have like a female version and so um we are doing the male version 
and <laughs> there are yeah, three. Yeah, which you didn't tell me beforehand. There was a female and a male one. So, you know, I get it that we turned it on for the first time. It's like, oh, it's the male one. I had the female one. It's like, I didn't know there was a difference. I just saw Harvest Moon for GameCube and I got it. <laughs> I know, but I didn't I didn't remember that there was a female one until my sister pointed it out. <laughs> yeah, that's what they all say. <laughs> yeah, so we've been having a lot of uh, well, OK, maybe I've been having a lot of fun and Sean has been amusing himself at my expense. Because yeah. uh, <laughs> she's I've a two timer. I am. <laughs> we, you get three options for possible brides. Um, one of them is Nami, who's like aloof world traveler. Who <laughs> Diana? Kind of yeah, she Di, she's a jerk, so Diana doesn't like her. Who else we got, Didi? Because the other two, you're two timing with. <gasps> you know, the game isn't upset with me, so why are you upset with me? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so there's Celia. The, I'm assuming, adopted daughter of Vesta. <laughs> um, because just from the conversations that we've had, it seems like she's adopted. Um, and she's very, she's very sweet and she's nice and she's very knowledgeable about farming and crops and things like that. So she would be a good wife to have. A good farmer wife. <laughs> yes. Uh, but Muffy... Uh, is also another one that I've been giving gifts to. and um, Yeah, she, she does her hair. She wears a dress. Yes, she is definitely the one who is closest uh, to me, I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> but she's entirely ignorant of farming. Yeah, which I feel like is also very close to me. <laughs> <laughs> She does um, say that she loves animals, though. She does, yes. She did, like, randomly appear in my yard one day, and she was, like, afraid of the dog. And it was like, well, this is a strike against you. Yeah. But they have these weird things in the game where it's, like, these little random scenes that you, like, you can't interact with. It just kind of, like, happens to you. And, um... So that was one of those scenes where she was like afraid of the dog. Oh, man. One of my favorite moments was um, after giving a certain amount of gifts to Celia, um, the next day it like started a cut scene with her. And Diana had been like running around with her horse or such. Then the cut scene happens, like spending time by the lake talking about her concerns for life and things like that. And then the cut scene ends. She's still at the lake. Her horse is on the other side of the map still because it just, you know, bamped her away from the horse. I was so upset. I was like, you take me on this adventure and then you can't put me back where I was. <laughs> and like what I didn't realize and Sean was saying to me was the day in Harvest Moon is like 20 minutes. So you have 20 minutes to get like all of these tasks done like wooing these women, planting your field, feeding your animals, you know, doing else, you know, cooking, whatever else like you want to do, you have 20 minutes to get it done. Yeah. So it's like, and that goes by very fast. Mm -hmm. And then you get like these extra things, like some days vans there to sell you stuff. And if you want to check his wares, like you have to find time in there to do it. Yeah, exactly. And he's also very cheap. So <laughs> it's like it's better. It's just because you didn't buy your watermelons for thousands of dollars. <laughs> no, but I mean, I even went to him yesterday when I was playing and I was trying to like sell things and he was not offering like good prices for things. Yeah. So I was like, oh, okay. It's better for me to just like milk the cow and sell the milk. Yeah. And I was, I was annoyed. <laughs> Yeah, so it's it's fun. It's uh, it's the first game that I've gotten you that you're playing on your own. It's <laughs> like when we played Animal Crossing, you liked it and it was fun. We spent some hours on that, but you would only play it when I came over. So yeah. the fact that you're like playing Harvest Moon on your own time is like, 
I wonder if I've created an addict. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> well, this happened when I was younger too. Um, yeah. Me and my sister, we loved Harvest Moon. And my parents quickly realized if unrestricted, we would spend hours playing Harvest Moon. <laughs> And they were like, okay. Like after a couple of weeks, it was like, okay, you yeah. have like, they, they said like between one and two hours to do it. And that was it, you yeah. know, per day. So we were just like devastated at that. Oh my gosh. But it's good that they did that because, you know, even over the weekend, um, me and John, were, we were playing it and then he's like, all right, we need to stop. And I'm like, oh my gosh, why? And he was like, because it's been like three hours. <laughs> i didn't realize that yeah so yeah no the yeah we ended up staying up till like two o'clock in the morning it's like oh my goodness how did this happen <laughs> um yeah no it, it's fun i really like it it it's one of those things of the only time that i really feel the passage of time is when we are watering the crops because there's like there's no quick way to do it. And so you're just watering each plot of land individually. And each square on it is like, I don't know, like a three, three to five second animation. I'm not really sure how long it is, but it just like it just slogs everything down. Which is why I Googled it and we have to like flirt with the grandmother who lives at the mansion at the top of town and she'll for some reason give us a fancy water can that allows us to water multiple plots of land at the same time yeah i've been trying to do it but they make it kind of difficult because you have to get to her i think between like 10 and 11 yeah and you have to try to give her a gift but sometimes she doesn't accept the gift and I, it's oh my gosh i've been struggling i've been because like what i try to do is and also when we play the game the same thing is i would go to celia first give her a flower then i would go to muffy give her a flower and then i would go to romana but sometimes by the time i get up to her house she's you know nowhere to be found or she won't accept the gift yeah so i need to figure out a better way for like you know, all I need to do is like just befriend her for a little while. And then when <laughs> she gives it to me, I can drop her. <laughs> User than a loser. Yeah. Exactly. I can't marry her, so there's really no point in oh my wasting gosh. gifts on her. Uh, oh my gosh. Okay, last thing about Harvest Moon. Um just because I think that we could probably talk about this for the entire hour. Um but one of the interesting things about the game is the game doesn't leave you wondering like which one of the um which one of the potential partners like you could get. So if you if you don't uh give gifts or anything to anyone, like if you don't put any time into that, um the game is going to pick someone for you. Um so like I discovered that, you know, one of the when I was younger you know because one time i just didn't i didn't do anything and they just like picked a random person well i mean uh, that was with the female version like we're playing the guy version here and guys could live without women so you know we might not have that happen wow <laughs> wow he is looking to start something at 10 30 in the morning <laughs> that, that is bold <laughs> i mean just prove me wrong but <laughs> oh my gosh Okay, anyway, so contrary to Sean, the game forces you to pick someone, <laughs> whether it's the male or female version, because they do the whole, like, you know, you, you go to, it's different different seasons of life. So you have your single season, you have your married season, you have your baby season, you know, all this stuff. Um, so anyway. <laughs> yeah. So you can go, you can look in, these different people's diaries to see like how much of like uh how many hearts you have so like if you have one heart it's like okay like they like you but like you can't really technically propose to anyone until you have like four hearts because if you propose earlier 
and there's only like there's only one or two or even three, it could mess it up. So I guess they could say no. Wow. Which I've never tried that before, but yeah, I guess that's something with the game. So I also think that it's a dangerous precedent, you know, having like this idea that you look in someone's diary to see how they feel. (laughs) (laughs) Like, uh. (laughs) Yeah, it's interesting, too, because they hide them. The game hides them. We only know where they are because we Googled it. Yeah. And so it's like, we're the bad guy. We are manipulating these women, sneaking into their secret locations and then finding their hidden diary, then reading that. So. Yeah, the, the one bad thing about the uh, about playing the girl version is the options that they offer you as far as husbands are like. Are pretty bad, like the male version is much better. <laughs> I mean, obviously. <laughs> wow. <laughs> He's just looking for trouble. <laughs> so, yeah, I yeah. mean, guys are just, you know, they're creative, they're good looking. I mean, they have the ability to go ahead and attract a wider birth of, you know, the opposite. Whereas, you know, girls just gotta take what they can get. I mean, obviously. Wow. <laughs> he should be really glad we're not in person. <laughs> oh my goodness. I just we need to do a topic shift because I can feel the annoyance rising. Well, we did watch um a TV show that ended up a different TV show. What do you mean? Well, we watched the two most recent episodes of Boba Fett, which really were, you know, spoiler, really were season three of The Mandalorian. (laughs) Yeah, it was just giving us a little taste of what season three of The Mandalorian could be about. Yeah. But Sean this time was the spoiler koala. I was not. Yeah, but I was an unintentional spoiler koala. Yeah, but you were the spoiler koala nonetheless. So Yeah, so we watched the first episode that had um Mando in it. And, you know, he has the darksaber, he's training on it. I think we talked about this last week. I'm not you know, I'm not positive, but you know, he goes ahead and trains on it. But at the end of the episode, we didn't see any of Baby Grogu. None of it. Like, he was not in the episode, but it teased off. It's like, before I help Boba, I gotta, I gotta see a little friend. It's like, oh, we're gonna see Baby Yoda. And then the spoiler I saw, I just ended up, like, while on Facebook, seeing a screenshot of, oh, what do you know, Luke with Baby Yoda. It's like, okay, so we're gonna see him this episode. That's it. That was my whole spoiler koala, as opposed to the spoiler queen who just goes ahead and reads everything it's like oh yeah we're gonna see Bobby Oda we're gonna go ahead and like you know fly in a spaceship we're gonna beat up this guy we're gonna you know no no I don't do that I just happen to see a picture and you could make inferences from that yes also um and this is an open letter to the internet um please stop spoiling Disney plus shows like Please at least wait like a week before you start you start posting things. Yeah. Because some of us, you know, cannot watch episodes until like, you know, a week later or something. So please stop doing that. Yeah, I feel like we didn't even like wait a whole week. We we watched it like maybe a couple days after it came out. Yeah, it's like really not cool. <laughs> And it's like for me to just be like scrolling on the Internet, it's like, oh, OK, on just like my stream, which for those who don't know me, I have a very limited, you know, social media stuff. <laughs> so the fact that it snuck through like uh, just shows that everybody's already talking about it. Yeah, it's super annoying. And I get it. Like you want to talk about it. But at the same time, it's like. Could you like could you at least put like you know just a big spoiler and then you know <laughs> like on the post yeah. but the, you know but the funny thing is um fans are definitely guilty of this but 
news sites are also really bad at this. Oh yeah. Because on my Discover page, you know, on Google, they know that I look at, um, you know, I, I like to read articles about Boba Fett or other TV shows that I watch. So I have to be careful because sometimes like there'll just be a headline that has like a big spoiler about like Boba Fett or whatever. And it's like, oh, great. Thanks, Yahoo. Yeah. Like, I didn't think that you would betray me. Of course. <laughs> so the one thing that I like, I want to make sure we talk about with with Boba Fett and the Mando is first off, you know, just I I didn't like the new trilogy of Star Wars movies. You know, there were there were moments that I enjoyed. Finn, I thought was a fun character. Ray had moments, but I didn't really like her. The, the, there were things about the new trilogy that just didn't work. We can certainly talk about that at another time. However, a lot of people hated what they did with Luke. You know, he he had some character flaws and went in a direction. And I do think that there were some problems with it, again, that we could discuss at another time. But I was kind of okay with the whole idea of like Luke made a mistake and now he's like struggling with how to like move on from it. I thought that was an interesting direction for the character. I have never hated Luke more than in this episode. <laughs> I was so upset. I see what they're trying to do, but Luke went ahead and forced baby Grogu to make a decision. Do you want to do you want to fill them in on what the two options were? Yes. I I have to say that I was just furious just based off of this plot point because with the other or with the most recent trilogy, I've only seen the first one. I didn't see the the other two movies. Um, just because I was just so disinterested after seeing the first one that it was like, why would I go on to see two other movies that I don't care about? Um, so I definitely think that um, Disney made the right decision by going the direction of, you know, doing like The Mandalorian and Boba Fett and things like that. But um, yeah, so basically, basically the decision was... Um, you know, first of all, they prevented the Mandalorian from seeing Grogu, um, you know, and, and they did it in like such a guilt trippy way, like, a, you know, one of the characters where it was like, oh, you know, you can see him, but it might, you know, push him off the path of his destiny. You know, they said it in like their Star Wars language. <laughs> um, and then, you know, so of course, like the Mandalorian is like, well, you know, I love Grogu, so I'm not going to like do something to screw him up. And so, and then he's like, okay, well, you know, could I at least give, you know, or could someone just get this little like armor thing that I, I got for him. This is a gift for him. And, you know, the character takes it and she's like, okay. And then the Mandalorian leaves. Grogu sees that the Mandalorian leaves and you can see the sadness. Okay. So like my heart is like breaking in like a bunch of little pieces at this point. And I am on the verge of writing angry letters. <laughs> <laughs> then the creme de la creme, the insult to injury, the salt in my gaping wide open wound is Luke Skywalker says to Grogu, here's this little like gift that the Mandalorian left for you. He made you like this really cute um, baby Grogu sized chain mail. Yes, like so that was adorable. And then he said, and here is like the lightsaber that Master Yoda used. And he was really great. And you could be great like him if you continue on this path. But I'm going to let you choose. So you can either, you know, choose your connection with the Mandalorian or you can completely abandon him and, ne and probably never see him again. And you can become like, you know, this great Jedi. And it's like, baby Grogu is a child. Why are you making him choose this? Well, I mean, uh, he's a he's a fifty year old child. Okay, but, but still, still, I mean, it was disgusting. I mean, they certainly discuss that it's like you know, attachment is not part of the Jedi way. Yada yada. 
but nonsense in my opinion i mean it's like luke has friends luckily he doesn't have friends what friend he's alone on this weird island yeah but he's got his sister he he's chill with you know han solo and i mean he's still got r2 with him that's a droid sean yeah but they're friends dd but nonetheless it's just like uh, he as much as they want to say oh yeah attachments are not good it's like they've got attachments it's just okay are these attachments going to be a distraction or it's like whether or not he gets some like super chainmail armor that might save his life, he's still going to remember the Mandalorian. It's not like he's going to forget about him completely because he becomes an awesome Jedi. He's just going to choose whether or not it's going to be a distraction to him and whether or not he's able to survive a lightsaber or a blaster shot because he's armored. You know, when his force skills aren't as strong yet. I think is a little different than, oh, OK, let me just renounce all attachment elsewhere and get a lightsaber that I don't know how to use yet. Yeah, see, this is the part of Star Wars and I guess specifically this Jedi mythology that just drives me up the frickin wall because <laughs> I just I just do. I just don't think that having attachments to other people is going to be like this massive downfall. I mean, you know, that obviously there's like the whole critics are going to say like the Anakin storyline, but Anakin had other issues. Padme was not the one who kind of, you know, or his, his attachment to Padme was not the thing that kind of drove him to, you know, the dark side. Yeah. He had his own, you know, arrogance and ego issues that were happening long before he met her. Yeah, so, you know, I just I don't know. I just feel like that. I, I understand from a story perspective that there's precedence for this moment happening because they've set this up and the conflict of Grogu having to decide between these two things is a good conflict. But as a fan, it sucks. Yeah, <laughs> I did not like seeing that it made me want to choose and they even like they even dropped the lore i think it was with the dark saber episode i'm not positive but they dropped the lore about how apparently like one of the first mandalorians was both the mandalorian and a jedi why isn't that option open to to grogu yeah so i don't know um it, it's also like Again, like now, now we're just kind of getting into the weeds on it. And it's not important because the show is the show is the show. And they're going to come up with the logic and the mythology that's needed to get the, the story across. But, you know, not having attachments was never really something that they like said too far. Like not having relationships and like things like that made kind of sense. Or it's like, you know, you don't go too far and you don't, you know, things that would be kind of a distraction. Like I got that. But this seems like a little more dogmatic where it's like, wait, 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 wait. You're his teacher, his master. So are you saying that he has no connection to you? Yeah, exactly. And also, even with Obi-Wan Kenobi and Anakin, they had a connection. Oh, they were the best of bros. Like, you were my brother. I loved you. Exactly. Like, oh, oh, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. That was a connection. Exactly. Obi-Wan's Obi evil confirmed. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> this is what I've been saying. <laughs> I, Sean knows my feelings on this. Obi-Wan Kenobi is the worst character in the Star Wars universe. Oh, oh my, my goodness. God. He had one job. One job in episode one, apparently. Yes. He had to save Liam Neeson's character. He did not save him. So he failed. And I've never forgiven him for this. <laughs> it's funny because it carries over to other movies, too, that Ewan McGregor's in. Oh, my God. It's just I'll just I'll just hear mumbled over in the corner. One job. One job. <laughs> yeah. And anytime he fails in other movies. <laughs> <laughs> but you brought up a good point when we were talking about this um about i think i, I can't pronounce liam neeson's character otherwise i would say his name uh, qui-gon um, jinn 
Sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Nothing makes me feel more like a nerd than if I say some fact and then I get a right. Sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, but that um, you had mentioned that there was something like he he disagreed a little bit with the whole like attachments thing. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of like in because of Disney buying stuff, it's not clear what's canon and what's not. But, you know, Qui-Gon Jinn in a lot of the extended stuff, he was very similar to Anakin, but had come to terms with stuff. Specifically, he had a relationship with someone. And he didn't agree with the council. And he, you know, he was kind of this rogue Jedi, like Obi-Wan in the prequel kind of like makes a comment towards it where it's like, why do you keep having to antagonize them? Or, you know, why do you have to go against the council? You know, you could be a part of them if you just agreed or listened to him once. You know, he makes these comments because he's alluding to that Qui-Gon Jinn was this kind of this guy who went against a lot of these thoughts on attachment and what are the rules of the Jedi Council. And if he trained Anakin, I think Anakin would have been fine. I don't think he would have become Darth Vader. Oh, my gosh. He Obi-Wan Kenobi had one job. I just like Gunshin alive. Oh, my gosh. Can, like, can you imagine like a Star Wars universe where there was no Darth Vader? I mean, somebody else would have come up to, you know, take the villain role because you have to have a villain. But, oh, I would have been so happy. Anakin and Padme would have had, like, 20 children. They would have all grown up. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know if he necessarily would have had 20 children. They they would have grown up to be super awesome. They all would have been, like, these really badass Jedi. And, yeah, there there would be... It would be wonderful. <laughs> I would have been so happy. There would have been so many, like, great little moments, like the sand moment. And like the the weird like I don't know oh, it would have been so cute. I shipped them so hard, and I don't care what anyone. Anakin said. and the Sand People. No, Anakin and Padme. Hmm. See, like I don't think Qui Gon Jinn would have necessarily like encouraged him to pursue Padme, but I think he would have like having knowledge of what it's like, been able to you know help him deal with the consequences, and you know not had him go insane <laughs> oh i 100 percent think that he would have helped them oh my gosh i think that he would have helped them elope and then like form their own like dynasty <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness yeah they just start their own council it's all like it's it's all based on nepotism too, where it's just like every every job in the new council is just run by anakin's kids yeah, exactly, because they're going to have 20 kids so they can form their own Jedi Council. There you go. Obviously, <laughs> it takes like 18 years to finally get it set up, but. <laughs> they could probably wipe out the entire Hut Nation. <laughs> yeah, oh, I, I mean, can't. if Anakin had that power, I'm surprised. You know, that begs a big question. Why didn't at some point in his reign, Anakin go to Tatooine and just mess things up there. Bigger fish to fry, I guess. Uh, I guess so. Just seems like one of those things that it's like, you know, if I was enslaved for, you know, I forget how old he was, like 12 years. If I was enslaved for 12 years, my mother died on there, on that planet because of the slave trade and weirdness there in the sand people and such and i had all the power to destroy <laughs> planets and enact taxes and like attack people it's like i feel like tatooine would have been one of the first places i'd started you know yeah. not that i'm planning on being some crazy space you know hitler or whatever but seems like you know at least decent enough justification as opposed to anything else you could do as like a, a space, you know, general or whatever. <laughs> I am. Um, 
one thing we were also talking about was we were both kind of sad that Boba Fett kind of became a supporting character in his own series. Yeah. But I don't know that that to me, like it didn't really sit right. I was certainly happy that they had like, you know, they had a little taste of Mandalorian season three and I was overjoyed to see Grogu. Um, But, you know, I don't know. Boba Fett is a pretty awesome character. He could have carried this whole thing. They really didn't need to do these other little like side episodes. Yeah, they could have had like Mando pop in and be part of the muscle and such. Yeah. Um, And then made some hints about what he's going to be doing and things like that. Or like we got a glimpse of the Darksaber that he still has it type of thing. And then in season three, starting off with it, it's like, oh, then we had these two episodes where he, you know, gets the Darksaber, runs off to Grogu, yada, yada, and then carried on. It, I don't know. It just solidifies for me that I think they weren't sure what they wanted to do with this show. Yeah, which which, to be fair, did happen with the first season of The Mandalorian. Yeah, they didn't know where it was going and you could kind of tell because it was so it was random mm-hmm. yeah because it's like you know with with the problem that we had previously where they had the first two episodes of the show were completely negated by the third episode and then you know the fourth episode we started seeing things go the new direction and then fifth and sixth episode they just drop him completely you know, it's like, wait, are we the fifth or sixth episode or are we on the seventh episode? We've got seven and eight left, right? Uh, no, I think there's, I think there's only six episodes. Six there's or six seven. Ep- okay, well, either way, it's like we either only have one or two episodes left. And we really, like, we haven't fully solidified, like, what the full goal is for Boba Fett. Like, he's going to be Daimyo and such, but... Like the show hasn't really given a, a good vision of like what we should be expecting him to complete or not complete. Where are the twists coming from? Like we don't we don't have much information. Yeah, on the only thing that I'm thinking at this point is, um, the season three of Mandalorian is going to be the the bad guys are going to be the Pike Syndicate, which but is. It, like, I'm kind of hoping not, but it kind of seems like that's where it's going. Honestly, I think they're just going to wrap up Pike Syndicate and these two episodes, which may be a good thing in the long run, but it's just like I don't really care about them as villains. Well, I I was a little bit more interested in who the like random gunslinger skeleton character who came in this episode. Oh, right. I forgot that was the little tease he got. So that that's why I think that if you introduce a character like that in like the end game, if you will, of, you know, Boba Fett season, I don't know. I think that the Pike Syndicate is going to be a threat. I don't think they're going to just wrap it up. Yeah. Because you, you can't introduce an awesome character like that. And like, I mean, oh, I was like, oh, this is like old school Darth Vader, like creepy vibes. Yeah. I am here for it. Yeah, he's uh, he's certainly an interesting character. But again, like, I don't I don't think they know what they're doing with the show. So. I'd be concerned that he's going to show up, he's. Going to do something for one episode and then he's just going to disappear. Oh, no, Sean, I have more faith in them than that. Okay, well, I'll I'll certainly, you know, I'm going to watch it, so I'll, I'll trust him for it, but. I don't know, DD. I got <laughs> low expectations now. <laughs> so. Yeah, so it'll be cool to see what they do with it, though. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the only other thing I guess that we could really talk about is, you know, we're shifting around some of the, um, uh, the projects that we're working on, obviously, you know, that's been the, the ongoing theme of the past few episodes for us. I, I mixture of 
two of our ideas for the audio drama kind of coming up with um, something that I really wanted to do at some point was the whole kind of kind of Western lone warrior type of thing, you know, which certainly the Mandalorian did really well. I, I've always enjoyed just the, the visual of like some wanderer just walking in the distance, trying to figure out some goal and, and slowly helping people along the way. Like I've really liked that. And then Diana has previously had some like short stories that she's written before. And so, you know, I'd like to, you know, I'd like to go ahead and flesh that idea out or using some of the things she had come up with on, um, you know, angels and, and, you know, bounty hunters and things like that. And just kind of mixing them all together, making this like supernatural world that we, uh, we've discussed. Um, and so I know one of the, the first episodes that I'd like to write, is kind of like this, um, it's, it's just basically just having this character walk in and do something good for the town while trying to pursue his own goal. And so figuring out what they're going to do, what's the problem with the town, um, you know, what, what are the specifics of what he's trying to do? No, I don't, it's, it's, it's fun in the conceptual phase. Yeah. Um, one of the ideas that we were kind of throwing around was in this like supernatural world, we were trying to think about what are the most interesting, um, like a look and feel for these towns that our character is going to go to. Yeah. Um, and we came up with like, there's just like a garbage town. Like these, yep. these citizens have built this very, uh, you know, intricate town that's made of garbage. And, you know, there's some, there's some like monster or something that's like living in it. And the monster is, is the problem that our character is going to come in and kind of deal with. Yeah. Among the refuse and trash compacted bricks, there's something lurking there and, you know, trying to figure out, you know, what what kind of theme is good for the episode. Um, because, you know, what type of problem I feel like should they, they specifically face, I feel like should tie to that. And so it's like, OK, we've got a monster there, but are they aware of the monster and just kind of accepting it and like sacrificing people to just kind of keep it appeased because they they think that it, you know for some reason they can't control or they can't do anything about it or is it you know it just showed up and they're scared and frightened and you know now the only hope is this newcomer is it they actually like revere the monster and and love it and think of it at its hope and you know so trying to figure out what best fits some of the longer ideas that we have for the show. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, obviously I'm bringing in the romance element of it where um, our character is looking for uh, the love of his life. And throughout this journey, as he goes um, through these different towns, He's going to like learn like, you know, information that he needs to find her. So, yeah. So that'll be fun. Uh, hopefully, hopefully I'll be able to get a draft of, you know, the pilot done at some point. We can, you know, discuss that or revise that maybe even on the podcast and just go from there. Yeah, I'm excited about this. Um, you know, as we've talked about before, we're kind of in this phase of you know just trying to figure out what things like god wants us to do and things like that and um when we had talked about this audio drama recently uh you know i asked sean when he wanted to start on that and um you know he just he had a really great answer he just said you know i'm not gonna I'm not gonna put like a, a start date on it or 
you know, I don't want to create any, um, you know, stress during this time of like, oh, we need to like, you know, it needs to be started on this date. But, you know, it's like, I'll just, I'll just kind of see when I'm, when I'm feeling like this is the moment, you know, and um, I really liked that a lot because um, I also have some, I have like one or one or two other things that I'm working on. So it kind of felt nice to feel like, okay, like it's not going to happen like right now. It's like, yeah. Um, I don't know. I just, I felt kind of, I felt good about it. And this, this whole season uh, definitely for me is just kind of learning that like, I don't need to make the creative process stressful and you know, as soon as I start adding pressure and deadlines and, and things like that, just at this stage, you know, all the, all the joy of creating kind of goes out of it for me. Yeah. So, and I, I don't want to get to a place where I feel super overwhelmed again. Yeah. Finding that like thin line of, you know, okay, there, we want to be moving forward on stuff, but maybe this project you know isn't a priority it's like okay how do i be productive but also not stress myself out and you know i think i think just finding out for yourself what is like what do you need the most and you know i know for me like right now it's like there's a lot of things that i'm just learning and like you know just putting things that you know god says about us and you know and reading and and trying to get a lot more of these foundational things just in my head um that way you know i have those as like a stronger foundation so it's like as i do these projects then you know i don't go nuts again and <laughs> struggle to come up with you know how to stay sane while we're, we're working on stuff so um yeah, I I think finding that line of like, okay, I'm not working on this now, but that doesn't mean I'm not being productive. I'm still going ahead and I'm still doing the best that I can, um, getting done what I can. If I if I feel, you know, some sort of pushing towards this idea again, it's like, okay, write down some thoughts, you know, you just keep moving forward, but not going ahead and pretending like I have control over the timing on this because I don't, I don't, I don't know what I need fully. And so, you know, take my time, learn everything I can. So I'm on as solid ground as I possibly can. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, one thing you said to me that has really stuck with me is. Just trying to think of the way you phrased it. I'm sure it was brilliant. <laughs> you know, it was something like, um, you know, why wouldn't I use the information and experience that other people have used? And why wouldn't I like learn from that so that I don't have to start from the beginning, you know, and learn through trial and error. And um, I just, I just thought that was, that was really interesting because there are so many like pastors and and then even if you take it out of like you know a religious context there are so many like mentors and people who are so intelligent and they've you know they've learned things as they've went on whatever journey they're on and so it makes sense to you know try to learn from them and you know maybe not have to go through as many like trials and tribulations you know as they went through to get to where they are um Obviously, there's there's going to be yeah. issues, but <laughs> you can like avoid certain like traps and obstacles. That's like a great thing. Yeah, I forget who said it. It might have been Einstein, but you know, just there's one of those like scientist people that like chalked up all of their success to it's like, oh well, I'm just standing on the shoulders of giants. Hmm. I'm just talking about all the people that came before him. It's like we're at this wonderful place where it's like we have so much history behind us we've seen people make pretty much every choice and how it's played out and so even with the writing stuff it's like 
We've seen ideas succeed at certain times. We've seen other ideas fail at certain times. Even between us, it's like we've tried some certain things and like they haven't worked and other things, you know, have worked. And, you know, we don't have to figure out everything as possible, you know, from scratch. And so just setting aside some more time since we were realizing that, okay, we don't know as much as we thought we did. <laughs> and just taking that time to, you know, get some of these things in us that we realized there was a gap in our knowledge. Like, I think, I think that's a really healthy thing to do. And if you ever come up against that, might be a good idea to like, take a break, fill it in. I'll get back to it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, I mean, seems to me like that would be a pretty good ending spot. Yeah. Sounds good to me. All right. Well, Thank you guys so much for uh, listening and joining us today. And we will look forward to spending more time with you next time on the Spoiler Koala. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.